Morning. Hello. Less than a stranger. I've always been a strange person. We're continuing our series today on Dare to Follow. Dare to Follow Jesus. And for those of you not been a part of the series, we've been going through this series since the early in January, reminding ourselves that actually following Jesus is not something you just do on a Sunday. It's what you do the, with your whole life. And the question is, will you dare to follow? We live in a world full of challenges. And many, I know, have had challenges this morning already with cars that are playing up and things that haven't gone quite straightforward. And we'll probably have more as the morning goes on. That's okay. But would you dare... To follow. Well, today's part of that is in self-giving. Giving of ourselves. Well, I don't know about you, when we come to finding a gift for someone, sometimes you think really hard about it, don't you? And can I find the appropriate gift for the person? And recently we had Valentine's Day, didn't we? And you know, I went to the card shop. I did. Are you impressed? Yes. Yeah, I went to the card shop, the cheap, the cheap one in town. <laughs> and there was this card. And I thought this was perfect card. And it said to my Valentine, do not worry about the cooking and the cleaning. Do not worry about all the untidiness. It will still be there for you to do tomorrow. <laughs> I did not buy it. Are you impressed? But I also found, if uh, Sam's got this picture up, I found this bouquet. And I thought, this is a wonderful bouquet. I mean, can't you imagine the delight in receiving a bouquet like that? It's got some lovely stuff, like cleaning stuff and that around. I didn't buy that either. I just didn't buy anything. Don't worry. <laughs> the question is, what will we give to God? Excuse me, this is my job. <laughs> you see, you take, you take some time off, and they take over. Would you like to give me your hand? No? Come here, come here. You go that way. We've got him cornered. We've got him cornered. <laughs> well done. You take some time off, the children take over, if only. What would you think is important to give to God? Your self-giving. I think, you know, it's important that we think long and hard about gifts. Whether they are for our parents or our children or our friend. I know when people have retired from a place of work, there's that, what's the gift we're going to get that they're going to remember us? But often in our giving to God, 
we're a lot more lazy in our thinking. You see, it doesn't matter how young we are or how old we are. We are called to give to God. In the book of Romans, in chapter 12 and verse 1, it says these words. Offer your everyday lives to God. This is your act of worship. Offer your whole selves to God. This is your act of worship. What are you offering to God today? What are you giving to God today? Is it the, oh, well, I suppose I better go to church, it's Sunday. Or is it, I'm giving to you, God, my everything, my all. Jesus when he walked this earth with his disciples. He walked and he talked. But he would go up to disciples. They were not yet disciples. They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. And he would say to them, follow me. And they had to make a decision whether they're just going to get on with life and carry on as if they've never met Jesus, or are they going to truly follow Jesus? And that was a decision they had to make. To choose to follow or choose not to follow. They had to decide what are they going to give of themselves to Jesus. And as we gather in worship today and we give God our worship, I want to ask you the question, what tomorrow will you be giving to Jesus? What this week will you be giving to Jesus? What is it that Jesus has asked for you to give to him. Giving to God. Often we don't feel we've got anything to give to God because of what people have said or what we have observed. Let me tell you a secret. I set out in ministry when I was... 19 years old. Actually, Vicky and I have been doing ministry sort of things together before that. When I was 18, I was the leader of the youth club. We didn't have adults. Except I was the adult because I was 18. It was before all this safeguarding stuff we had to do. We had none of that, but it was quite dangerous in one way. And we led a um, youth club. I had 100 young people in the youth club. It was chaos. But what I found is God said to me, I'm going to use you. 
And then I felt the call to ministry, as Vicky did at the same time, and uh, we, we thought, well, we can't be ministers. I mean, I looked at the ministers of my church. They were all old and boring. They had grey hair, and, well, I could never be like them. So Vicky and I went off to college to study, and we went, we're going off, we're going to not be ministers, that, that will never be on the agenda. But finally, God got through to us. And said, but my plans are what I want you to listen to, not yours. And God spoke into our lives using scripture. You see, I said, I can't be a minister because I'm not old enough. And God said from the book of Jeremiah, chapter one, do not say I am just a child. So I lost that round. So I said, well, it's impossible for me to be a minister. After all, I left school without many qualifications and I, I'm not gifted. And God said, with man, things are impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. I lost round two. So I, said, I came up with excuse after excuse after excuse and I lost and I lost and I lost. And God won. But when God won, I won. Because then I was in the centre of his purpose for my life. Vicky and I were coming to the end of our college studies. Yes, we did study. Between the table tennis and the snooker. And we thought, well, where's God's going to send us? And we've been sent out by the college to do door-to-door -door evangelism, knocking on people's doors. Do you want to know about Jesus? And we got sent to this place in South Yorkshire, a place called Mexbra. And we came away and said, God, we will go anywhere to serve you except Mexbra. The first six years of our ministry, we were church planting in a pub. Guess where? Mexbra. Well, for the past 25 years, I've been saying to God, I'll go anywhere but Tenerife. <laughs> but God knows your heart. Why am I telling you this? We get into our minds that God can't use us. We get into our minds that God can't use us because we're too young or we're not clever enough. We get into our minds that God can't use us because we're not like the person at the front or the person who does that. We get into our minds that God can't use us because of what people have told us in the past of that, about when people have said you're no good or you're going to be a failure or God can't use you. And we have believed those lies. They are lies. There's not one person in this room that God 
can't use. There is no one here that when we say, Lord, I am yours, use me, that God can't use. You may not be called to be a minister, you may not be called to be a youth worker, but God can use you. And he will place you in places where you can serve him and bring him glory. In the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about playing our part. I use verse 1 in my previous talk about offer your whole lives of sacrifice. I say go down the chapter, read it. And it talks about just because the eye is an eye, it can't say to the uh, ear, I have no need of you. We all need one another. And God's going to use one another. What would our worship be like without the worship group? You thought about that. Worship group, we need you. Thank you. Thank you, Zachary, who's joined for the first time today. Fantastic. Got stewards, the welcoming greeting. Thank you. We need you. AV team, thank you. We need you. Amen. Volunteers in the meeting place, thank you. We need you. And God needs each and every gift and skill that He has placed into us. For his glory. And so in our theme of would you dare to follow, I'm going to ask a question. Would you dare say to God this morning, here I am, use me. That's a challenge. Here I am. Use me. No matter how young you are, or how old you are, or how middle-aged you are. I think that's the way to do it, isn't it? Would you dare actually just say that simple prayer today? Here I am. Use me. And as you pray that prayer, and let God speak to you about how he can use you, would you do something about it? I'm just going to take a slight digression for a moment. As you know, I do. But you say... During the pandemic, many people stopped serving because they were fearful of the pandemic. And we understood that. 
But is it time now you picked up again and started serving God? Some people have come to Romford Baptist Church over the last few years because they were running away from a church or they had been abused in a church somewhere else or they'd overcommitted and over-serving. Is it time to now start serving again? God's church. Is it time you said that prayer? Here I am. Use me. And let God answer that in the way he wants to. In the way he chooses. Let's just be quiet for a moment. Bow our heads. And let God speak to us. Lord, we are created by you. You have created us in your image and in each one of us you have put your gifts, your skills. Lord, today we pray, here I am. Use me. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so we continue. What can I give? That God can do all sorts of things by using us. But God doesn't ask us to do anything he hasn't already done. In the reading that was read so beautifully at the beginning of this service from Luke chapter 22, we have that story of Jesus in the garden. Often we say, I can't serve God because it's too costly. It's going to cost me too much. It's going to be too intense. Yet in that reading in Luke chapter 22, we have one of the most intense decisions to be made. It was the night Jesus was betrayed. He'd just had a meal with his friends. That had gone well. Apart from a few moments when he told one of his disciples that they were going to betray him. How could a disciple, a friend, actually go against what Jesus has wanted? He also told another disciple, you're going to pretend you don't even know me. And the disciples say, not me. I will never say something like that. And Jesus said, yeah, you will. And then Jesus went out to pray. He went out to spend some time with his father. And some of his disciples came with him. And he told them to wait here while he went forward. This was business going to happen on a big scale. And Jesus was there praying. And he was praying intensely. 
You see, despite the fact that the only way that the world could be saved was Jesus going to that cross to die in our place, Jesus was struggling with the idea. Oh, there's a heresy, isn't it? He wasn't struggling in his desire to save the world. He knew it was going to be painful and costly and difficult, and so he had to do it. But he was there with his father. Is there any other way? And then he said, Dad, I don't want to do this. Take this from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And he was sweating, blood was so intense that moment. I don't want to do it. I don't want to go through with it. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. There was a moment of decision then. That prayer was a moment when the history of the world depended on Jesus saying, yet your will be done, Dad. And to each one of us today, I want to ask you the question. As you have prayed earlier, take my life, Lord, and use it for your glory. I wonder if you pray, Lord, Yet not my will, but yours be done, no matter what the cost. No matter what the cost. You might have dreams for your future. You might have ambitions of being rich and wealthy. You might have all sorts of ideas. What if God has a different idea for your life? Have you stopped to ask him, Lord, what is your plan for my life today? What is your plan? And as God has answered that question maybe in you, are you prepared to say, even if it's not your plan, Yet not my will, Lord, but yours be done. As we've asked the question, will you dare to follow? Will you dare to follow Jesus by giving him of yourself? Will you dare to follow Jesus by letting him have his way in your life? Would you dare to follow Jesus, even if that means your ambition and your desires are not accomplished? Would you dare to follow Jesus, even if it's going to be costly and challenging? Will you dare to follow? Our next song. It's a song of worship. Worthy is the Lamb. And as we worship God and let God take control of us, it's about giving Him 
all the power and the glory and him all his desires for our lives remembering what i said earlier when he wins we win